Hi, I'm Derek McFadden, proud to be an author, a poet, and a lover of most things pop culture. I am also handicapped, born with a mild form of cerebral palsy. But please note, this podcast is not called Handicapped Writer. It is instead titled Writing While Handicapped, because that's what I do. Join me as we talk with folks in the book world. And this podcast looks at the world of literature from a perspective you haven't seen before. This is Writing While Handicapped, episode five. I'm Derek McFadden. I am the author of What Death Taught Terrence. I'm here with M.L. Buckman. Matt has written a lot of books, many, many books. I mean, I I don't, like 70 books? How many books? 73. Well, okay. Working on 70. And then I have about 120 short stories and 40 audiobooks read by authors. Somebody likes Just to write. I get read. bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're here to talk about your, your character, Miranda Chase, and, and that series. Miranda Chase has autism, or, or I, I, I don't want to say is afflicted, because that's not the, the right term. No. She, she has autism, but she really She's on the spectrum. On the spectrum. Yes. Thank you. Yes. But she, there you go. Does, she doesn't let it stop her, and she actually has a great team around her that I often talk about found families on this show and it feels like a found family to me. Yes, it absolutely is. So when you were writing that, was that something intentional? I'm assuming. Yes. It was, but it was more than found family in a way it was found brain because a person on the autism spectrum, there are whole sections of life that they can't deal with that come too fast or too hard to perceive or understand. And so I gave the sections of her brain that could deal with those things to her teammates. So in a way it's found family, but also in a way it's found person. She becomes whole when these people are around her. Because she's really good at the air crash investigations, not so much at the interactions with other people that she doesn't necessarily know, yes? Correct. It's, yeah. it's very hard for a person on the spectrum to perceive another person's emotions for, for certain groups of people on the spectrum. I'm, I'm overgeneralizing. Okay. Well, but, I was doing that uh, earlier, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so when you decided that this was a character you wanted to write, was there, was there a major reason why? Was there a major influence to that? Yeah, actually, my kid is an autism therapist. Oh. And... So 15 years ago, she started bringing, in her teen, she started bringing Temple Grandin into the house and other autism talk. And then she got interested in college and she started doing therapy and running labs. And her specialty is in helping little kids move from mid or low functioning to high functioning so they can actually go out in society and take care of themselves and so on. But I was like, what, how does that translate to being an adult? How does an adult person who's on the spectrum find a way to function? Because the more I read about them, I mean, Temple Grandin is a genius about, weirdly, about slaughtering animals, humanely. Right. Because we have these huge meat factories, and she's the one who figured out 
through empathy with the animals, what's a better way to do this? And yeah. she became the absolute genius in that. And it's like, what if I have this person who's a genius about air crashes? Not idio savant, because that's a whole different thing. She's actually a genius about the mechanics of an air crash. And she but has the a rest whole... of it is oh, a sorry. mystery. The rest of it is a mystery to her. Right. She has a whole thing about not being called a savant because it's, I mean, does she perceive it? Is, is, is that a slight? Like, is it, is it a slight that? Does she perceive being called a savant? I, I mean, as a slight, because it seems oh, in the reading they that, would. She, that she did. Yes. They, they actually would. The, the, the problem is that our culture has gone and taken idiot savant and put it on Rain Man. Yes. So we have the iterative genius, you know, he can photographic memory, he can memorize anything, but that's all he can do. Right. He has no other ability or skill. Whereas a person who's on the spectrum, if they're a high functioning person on the spectrum, has immense skills. And matter of fact, sometimes higher skills than we ourselves have. Mm -hmm. We neurotypicals, because they have an ability to focus and actually a need to focus, to pull their world perception into control. They'll put up these blinders and actually move forward down a path, which is what Miranda did. Because it helps them control life in a way that, yeah, okay, that makes sense. In the yeah. process, they become truly, they can become truly brilliant at something. Yeah, that it, uh, it's really the way that you write her is so I, I want to say fair and and kind and she feels like a real person that that was the goal so thank you <laughs> and as well as somebody who's handicapped and who often reads uh stories about people who are handicapped too often those stories are written by people who want to include the handicapped character to feel so that they feel that that they've done everything to include somebody who usually yeah. isn't. And, uh, yeah. and, and so when you read those, you're like, well, that's not how handicapped people really are. And I've got friends who are autistic, um, high functioning, but who are, who are very much like Miranda at, at times. And so that, I, I just wanted to give you that compliment because I really think that was well done. And Thank I, you. I had to figure that you had done some research in the, in the autism spectrum uh, bit to, to have done that. I'm a total research dog. I research at least an hour for every two and a half hours of writing. Well, and, and I must assume you've done some military research as well, because, because they're so steeped in military knowledge. Yeah, that's actually a funny one. I am not military. It's not my background. I'm a geek. I admit mm -hmm. that. But, mm -hmm. And I like planes. I like flying. But I ended up, through a whole set of circumstances, becoming a major military author. And it was because I stumbled, I was looking for an idea and for my military romantic suspense series, which was my first big series, mm -hmm. I went out and found, I was looking at helicopters, the secret night stalkers. Mm -hmm. They're the helicopter pilots of the U.S. Special Operations Forces. And back in 2006, when I was doing the research, the top of the application said women may not apply. Oh, and there was my idea, the woman who was so good, they couldn't keep her out. There you go. The wow. The problem was I knew nothing about military. <laughs> 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 so 
So all of it was research. It took me four years to write that first book, even though I'd written a number before that, because I had to learn right. how, to, how to make her acceptable, how to, how to get close enough that a military person could read the book and go, yeah, you got close enough. This is real. And that was my goal enough. with Miranda. Yeah. Was learn enough about autism that I could make her feel real and thereby talk, you know, in a way, talk to neurotypicals and say, look, here's this person who's being amazing despite any label you might want to try to put on her. And I love bringing that forward of, oh, yeah. People are people. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're not their label. Well, trust me, as a handicapped person, we appreciate being considered people. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, in general, it's, it's nice. How did you decide on, on Miranda's home base? She, she lives on that island. How did I used you to live right near it. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm, so, I'm from Seattle, so I, I wondered. Okay. Uh, yeah. I used to live on a little island off Anacortes called Guaymas. And so when I would go out sailing, I would go Spiden Island is one of the ones I went around and I've flown over it. So it's just, I needed a private island because she's such an insular person. Right. That she has to go hide. And it's such a, a peculiar island. It was a, a big game safari hunt place that John Wayne used to go to hunt. Oh, wow. Wow. Until they had a problem with their stray bullets from the island would like travel to the next island, which was a resort. And there were there were issues. That's not good. I mean, yeah, but they it, it would be they actually cool. stocked it with big game, and wow. there, some of it is still there. They did a big roundup and got all the zebras and giraffes and things <laughs> off it. There are still Italian sheep and Japanese deer and a ton of birds. Wow! So it's this weird wildlife sanctuary, privately owned. <laughs> oh man! Imagine like being on that resort. And then getting shot and being like, I got shot by John Wayne. Did you see him? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just got shot by him. Oh, wow. Um, so right. I, I, I love the history of that island. And it was a chance to finally put it in a story. And I, I'm assuming that Miranda is your favorite character in the series. Who then would be your second favorite character in yeah. the series? Whoever I'm writing about that day. At that time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm totally, I'm totally in that moment with the character. I'm in their head. Yeah. Um, yesterday I was writing about Holly in the next book. Today I'm doing a scene with Andy and it's wow. just like, oh, that's where I am. <laughs> yeah. I got to say you do a really good job with your, cause you have a big cast, but you do a really good job humanizing all of them, which, which is hard to do as an author. I mean, sometimes it's, it's so easy to broadly draw. Uh, a character yes. and it's so hard to bring that character into 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 more stark realism and you do a and really good job at that yeah thank you it's i try to give the character a specific so yeah. you know holly is always brash she's an ex-special forces so her statements her speech rhythm her actions are all very in your face Mike is Mr. Smooth. He's ex-con man. He's always trying to make everything smooth, but he's outnumbered by the women he's surrounded by. The So he he's always trying to play peacekeeper until he gets too uncomfortable, and then he gets strange. And <laughs> each person has these kind of quirks, and by giving it to them and putting enough indicators that the reader can follow where I've gone, hopefully. Right, yeah. 
then it's like, oh, that was a handoff to Andy, who doesn't speak much, but when she does, it's from the heart. She's the emotion yeah. that Miranda doesn't have. So each person is an element of Miranda. One's the action, one's the one who's good at dealing with people, one's the one who comes from the heart. They make a whole, Miranda a whole person. So Miranda has her book of emotions. Do you find that that's something that some people on the spectrum have or a lot of people on the spectrum have, or is that something you invented so that for the, for the reader, it would be easier to see how she felt at the time? But she has emotions, but uh, they're a mystery to her. Yeah. Okay. Right. So they can, they can perplex her, which is true. Is something I read in an autism account because I read a lot of biography as research for this. And so it's like, they'll be feeling something and they'll know it's intense and they'll have no idea if it's fear or excitement or joy or, so they have to learn these indicators of what is that emotion I'm experiencing oh, at okay. this moment. Sure. Andy simply hands her the emotion because Andy is the emotion. Yeah. So autism has been well known for for I would say a couple decades, but not much beyond that. Uh, but not I'm much beyond that. I'm assuming that there were autistic people all throughout history. So I I'm curious. Uh, did you ever go further back and and try to maybe say, oh, this person might have been on the spectrum. This person that we that we remember might have been on the spectrum. And uh, that that's there. Kind of there are a lot that fall into that category. Yeah. And it's played with a lot as people become more aware of autism and Asperger's and the ASD spectrum. You're seeing things like, oh, what was it? The Accountant with Ben Affleck is a movie. He's autistic, but she traces back through the genius mathematicians Oh, okay. and, just, and implies because it's a it's a guess that right. they may have, if they'd been properly tested, have been found to be on the spectrum. So these things are, are used and played with a little bit in our culture. Now, finally, it's starting to come forward. There, so, so there are a number of people where they look back and they go, well, yeah, it kind of fits. But yeah, they don't, they don't have any proof. But it's definitely, it's not like it magically appeared. It's like we started to understand it. Right. And we're nowhere near actually understanding it. No. It covers a huge range of what's possible. And so what I did was in the books is I tried to capture one aspect of it. I tried to capture the Miranda slice right. of high functioning, intelligent to the point of gifted, other gifted is a phrase I've seen fairly often. Other gifted. Okay. So she is a genius at, of all weird things, airplane crashes. Right. So how many Miranda books have you written? Because I know you've written novels, but there's also short stories. There's origin stories. How, how many are there? Yeah, there are eight novels, about seven or eight stories, nine novels. No, eight. And I'm working on the next <laughs> one right now. I'm working. Well, it's odd numbering because I collected the origin stories into a single volume and put them in line of the Miranda Chase books. Okay. So I'm working on number 11 right now. I know that. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you know when the next book comes out? Do you, do you have a date? Uh, I'm hoping to have it out end of summer. End of summer. All right. Well, yeah. I, I will definitely read the next one. 
because uh, <laughs> I well I, I again I read so many books via audio that I've been listening to your voice for uh, for a while now. So it's very it, I'm I'm used to it, and it's uh, it's just kind of uh, nice. Cool. It's a nice re it's a nice reading voice, and I I yeah, I, I, I love uh, read by author. I'm a big yeah. fan of read by author because I know how I intended that sentence to come out. So yeah. even though it's not perfectly crafted, it's it's what I intended. Right. I did not do read by author, but only because uh, I'm a stuttering fool, and it would have sounded not good if I if I read my own book. It's also a royal pain and takes a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, you know, when the guy that read my book told me that for nine hours it took sixty, I was like, yeah, I'm glad I let you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. All right. If uh, if our if our listeners want to get in touch with you, which they should, because all your books are great. Where do they find you online and all of that? ML Buckman, M-L-B-U-C-H-M-A-N.com. And that's that's the key to everything. It's also right. where I am on Facebook and Twitter. That's, though I don't use those much. That oh well that, I I feel like nobody should use those much, but everybody kind <laughs> of does use those too much. That's kind of where yeah. we are in in our in our uh societal life at this point all right it's great it's been great to talk to you and uh i hope everybody reads the next miranda chase books and or if you haven't read them yet start at book one now is it a series where you have to start at book one because i started at book eight and i feel like i'm fine yeah every book is written standalone right every book i'm going to reintroduce you to the characters without belaboring it and the plot is going to all exist within the book right now if you read the whole series there are a lot of little reader cookies going on that you get um, about the characters like like mike and holly are now a couple they first meeting is in the first book okay so, they so they've been evolving across eight it. novels okay cool but it doesn't affect the story at all it only yeah. affects where the characters happen to be i got you that's, that's awesome to know i mean it's 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 great that they can all be standalones but that it's a series i i, I mean i really love books like that all That's right, the way uh, I like to read. I write for me. And then my wife is my second tar target audience. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you publish, I mean, do you publish your own books? It's self-published, yes? Like, Yeah, I did have some traditional books, but I got all the rights back. So I'm you. fully self-published. Wow, that's that's crazy. And you guys got to know, to be an Amazon number one bestseller and to be a, and to be a USA Today bestseller, you got to do some work. Yeah, it takes a bit. <laughs> Pretty amazing. All right. I'll, uh, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. I've been doing this now for 30 years. Well, there you go. That's even the, and I've been full time for 10. And when you're full time, it opens up a lot of time to write, so especially. <laughs> what allowed you to go full time? Did, did you retire from a job and then go full time or how did that work? No, no. Um, I got laid off from middle management in the bottom of the recession. Oh, well, there you go. Ooh. And could not get could not get a job. And I had just fulfilled my first traditional contract. And I had this couple indie books that just started to pop. And my wife said, let's take the risk. And we dumped everything. And I wrote my ass off for three years. And I mean, literally every waking minute I was in my office. And I just wrote as hard and fast as I could and marketed as hard as I could and managed to make that transition. I call it transition by terror. It's not the way to do it. <laughs> and do you agree with me that in order to 
be a writer like you are, in order to be a writer like we all are, you, you have to have a team behind you that really believes in what you're doing. Because it's a solitary, you have have, yeah. You have to have a person behind you who really believes in you. Yeah. I probably would have quit 10 different times, but my wife believes in me to the limit and it worked. I, I actually run, I have a proofreader and I just started hiring a cover designer. Everything right. else is in-house. Everything else is in Wow. That's but I was also a computer geek for 30 years. So you yeah, know, as, a, I... as as an author, that's really fascinating to me. I took 12 years to write my novel. Uh, first ones take forever. <laughs> well, and when they're autobiographical, they take forever and they hurt. Yes. But and then it, I was editing my own stuff. I I was lucky to find a I was lucky to find a good cover designer. And uh, I, it went from there. And now I've got two awards to my name because of that book. So, you know, what are you going to cool. do? Pretty cool. Well done. All right. All right. I will. I'll put everything in the show notes so everybody knows where to find you on online and where to find your books, which you guys, uh, Amazon is great. But if you want to use bookshop.org and all that, it's also good. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm published wide, so I'm everywhere. He, he's he's everywhere. He's got so many. I was looking at your Goodreads page and they should make like five of them. Because there are so many. <laughs> Writing Well Handicapped is a podcast solely owned by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. And uh, Oh, thanks and for having me. We really appreciate it. Miranda Chase is a great character. You guys should start the series if you haven't. And, and keep reading if you are reading. that. There's more books coming. He definitely assures me of that. So, all right. For Thank now, you. goodbye, everybody. <laughs>